In honor of Hanukkah, I'd love to share with you one of Rabbi Natan's masterpieces from the Kutei Lachot, uh, the laws of thanksgiving in honor of Hanukkah. In this literally book, he mentions Hanukkah, he mentions Yaakov and Yosef, a lot of important ideas to enhance Hanukkah. And just like we did a year ago, we took the categories of Thanksgiving, because it's such a vast, wide subject, we broke it down into eight days of Thanksgiving. So too, I'd like to break down this masterpiece and give you chunk bites of MS and joy. That's what this teaching is all about. Since we're holding Arab Shabbos Kurdish before Hanukkah, let us focus on one of the aspects of this wonderful teaching from Rav Nassim, specifically in paragraph 25, Rav Nassim focuses on the milchama that Yaakov had with Esau. We know that the Parsha begins, V'yeshev Yaakov, Yaakov sat, says the Medrash, Bikesh Yaakov Leishev Bashava Yaakov just wanted to sit in peace. After all, he was a man of the tent. He was a man of Torah. He was a man that wanted to center himself, focus solely on his relationship with Hashem in the present moment. And it's a wonder to us why it is that somebody who has these spiritual desires is plagued with such suffering, with such difficulties. It says that Yaakov first had to deal with Esau, and then afterwards with his beautiful father-in-law, Lovin, then the problems with Dina, and then finally, things that we'll discuss later, the story of Yosef and his brothers. After all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is benevolently created the world, Lahetiv to do good, and we can't understand why a loving God created a world with so much suffering. Well, that's really a major part of this teaching of Rav Nassim. Over and over, Rav Nassim addresses this idea how in order to come to the highest levels of perceptions, there's barriers. There's the aspect of hamtain. There's the aspect of time. There's the aspect of going through suffering. And all of these difficulties produce a more profound perception of godliness that even the angels can't perceive. And that's exactly what's going on in this amazing scene of Yaakov grappling, wrestling with the ministering angel of Esau, who represents the world of physicality. And Rav explains that because Yaakov's holiness, this persona, this angel, understood that he had no ability to win over Yaakov. So at the end of this wrestling match, which incidentally took place only because Yaakov was left alone and he was going back for something called Pachim Ketanim, little vessels. And they say that these little vessels are a hint to the lights of Hanukkah candles, the oil, the Pachim, the Pach Shemen of the Kohen Godel. But these Pachim Ketanim, these, these small vessels, represent the sparks of holiness that are left over in the end of days. And that's exactly what the holy writings explain, that when they were at the end of the wrestling match, and the angel saw that he couldn't overcome Yaakov, because Yaakov it represents pure holiness. 
And when a person is holy, he doesn't have any connection with darkness, and therefore he has no connection to depression. And even when difficult things come his way, he perseveres. But he hit Yaakov in the kafirk in the thigh. The Gid Hanoshe, which represents the aspect of Tishabov, that each one of the 365 sinews of the body represent a different day. And this Gid Hanoshe that we're not allowed to eat represents the day of Tishabov, which is the day that was said about it, you cried for no reason. It's a bitterness of the long exile. Also, the idea of time, which is a created physical entity, time, especially when it's such a long time to wait for the Geula, specifically in our days, in the Ragalim, in the end of days, that's when depression can take its greatest hold. We know that in previous generations, they did not have longevity, they didn't have freedom. They didn't have affluence in our day and age. We have all that. And nevertheless, our life is so complicated. People are so full of anxiety and fears and mixed up. And it's a wonder, but it's obvious that it's a ramification of this patch that Yaakov got from the ministering angel of Asaph. So the angel says to Yaakov, I need to go now. It's time for me to say, Shir, let me go. And Rav Nassim explains that this is the headspace of the angel. The angel was created to say, Shir, the angels live in a place of an abode called Shchokim, which Rav Nachman says is the language of Schok, of Simcha. And the angel looks at the human existence and says, well, who are you? You're so steeped in physicality. It's impossible for you guys to rise up to say shir but Rav Nelson explains that the power of Yaakov was so great that he says to the angel no you bless me because you just want to afflict me with depression and look down upon me but really I know that my children to come in the long in the future generations in the days before Mashiach even though they're going to be bogged down with all of the trappings of the physical world. Nevertheless, the greatest perceptions and the greatest songs and the greatest praise is specifically going to come from them going into Shabbos Kodesh before Hanukkah. Let us recognize that Shabbos is that place of connection, that place that tov lehodot Hashem. It's good to praise Hashem. We always have to remember Shabbos is our home base. Shabbos is the opportunity to thank Hashem. Foolish people don't understand Shabbos. Foolish people don't understand Hashem. A tzaddik is like a a cedar tree planted firmly in the house of Hashem. And he will grow strong and be fresh and say that everything that Hashem does is for the best. Tov lehodos to Hashem. Bez Hashem will continue these ideas, this beautiful masterpiece of Rav Nassim, the laws of thanksgiving, and everyone should have the best Shabbos ever.